from John chapter 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And these are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed in Christ, for so many Christians, the words of John here in chapter 3 are so familiar that they may become commonplace for us, maybe even like a commercial we've heard dozens of times and no longer pay attention to it. God keep that sort of familiarity far away from us. This text is God telling us of his intervention in this world's sinful slide into eternal destruction. It is God showing us what he has done so that the death we deserve, the condemnation that should be visited upon every one of us, is replaced. And replaced with what? With salvation and everlasting life. For those who hear these words of John 3:16 and 17 for the first time, there may be confusion or maybe disinterest. God loves the world. Well, so what? God doesn't condemn. So what? How does that include me? Why should I care about what God says here about his son, about judgment, or about faith? The fact of God so loving this world so much, his son will be given as a willing sacrifice for us, for this world, has little appeal if we don't know what should happen to each of us. It won't mean much for us, we who have heard these words dozens and dozens of times, if we don't keep a lively understanding of how we do not deserve the gift given here in John 3.16. It's too easy to become apathetic. For Christians, the whole life is one of repentance. It is a daily contrition and repentance, a drowning of our sinful nature, our sins and evil lusts in the truth of our baptism. That a new man arise and live before God in righteousness and purity forever. A life lived in the awareness of our sin and its well-deserved consequences rejoices when the pure gospel is given and received by faith. These blessed words of John are then heard as a comforting truth for us who deserve none of it. We should perish. We should be condemned, all of us. Our deeds are evil. We love darkness and not light. We find other sources of ultimate happiness instead of our Heavenly Father. Or at least, we imagine that we can find such happiness apart from God and his truth. For example, we seek security in human accomplishments that promise to keep us safe from illness and so many other things, and yet they do not stave off death forever. All joys and comforts and securities of this world will finally be shown to be hollow. They cannot last. 
It is when we have this deeper understanding of our situation that God's message of love comforts us, when we realize this is for me. Our knowledge of the deeper reality of our condition, instead of just skimming over the surface of our existence, becomes a message we love and one we do not tire of hearing. My wife and I have been married to each other for well over 15,750 days. I keep on going here. Most of those... (laughs) Most of those days, not all of them, I guess, but the vast majority, we've spoken of our love for each other. And so we've heard the other say, I love you, literally thousands of times. It may seem commonplace at times, but there is a commitment implied with those simple words. And I know we will miss saying that to each other when our time comes to be separated from each other by death for the short while before Christ comes again and we are reunited with our Savior in the joys of eternal life in heaven. In a far more profound way, in a way we can hardly fathom in our human minds, God's love for us, for this world, is a lasting love, a love that went through death, defeating hell and Satan, by the the determination of the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ, to fulfill completely the Father's will for your salvation and mine. When we hear, God so loved the world, it is the crucifixion of Jesus on Good Friday, his death, that shows that love for you. God spared nothing in order to bring you to himself. He gave his dearest treasure, And that treasure is here for you now. Martin Luther captured this work of God in his brilliant hymn, Dear Christians, One and All Rejoice. In one stanza he wrote, He spoke to his beloved son, "'Tis time to have compassion. Then go, bright jewel of my crown, and win for man salvation. From sin and sorrow set him free. Slay bitter death for him that he may live with thee forever." And that is what Jesus did for you. He has slain death. He has set you free from sin and sorrow. Hold fast to him through faith. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Trust this one who loves you as no other ever can. God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. That is what God thinks of you. That is what God gives you. Believe him in Jesus' name. Amen. And glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may rise, and let us join in our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.